Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Yes, we are. So, episode 50. God, what a special, a special episode. It is a special episode, 50, which also, also means we're nearly a year in. Are you going to say that? I, know, I was just going to say a special day because England are playing today <laughs> uh, in the Euros. It's their first game. It's their first game with the Euros. Yeah. It's good. coming home. Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> We're all very excited. I mean, you know, in a couple of hours' time, it might be completely different. But... So, tissue fluid. Okay, so we're going to talk about the importance of capillary beds as exchange surfaces and the formation of tissue fluid and its return to the circulatory system. Just to recap, last week, particularly the structure of the capillary, what do you remember from what we did last week on the structure of the capillary? There is lots and lots and lots of them. Yeah, they live good. in the tissues. Yeah, and they are very thin. They've only got one layer. Perfect. Uh, of cells, and that is for diffusion and disassociation and mm-hmm. association of oxygen. Excellent. So you've got all the points covered there, really. The focus there definitely being on the the one layer, the thin one layer, and the fact that it's for exchange of substances. Mm-hmm. So spot on. Yeah, well done. What capillaries do, and you can see this on the resource on teachmescience.co.uk that Sarah's looking at right now, if you need to. Um, Obviously, if you've got your own diagrams, that's fine. They form a capillary bed. So it's not just one capillary running through the tissue. It's the the arteriole splits up into many capillaries, which then wind through all the tissue. So there's always a short distance between any cell and a capillary if that makes sense. So it's like a little, I don't know how quite to describe that, what you're looking at there, but there's lots of capillaries going past lots of cells. And then they all come together at the end, at the venule end, to make up the vein. So obviously, as the blood enters the capillary bed, it's full of oxygen, it's full of nutrients, and glucose mainly, being the focus for the respiring tissue. And as the capillaries move through towards the venule end, it changes, doesn't it? Less oxygen, less glucose, because it's diffusing into the cells. Mm-hmm. What it and looks there'll be more like carbon dioxide and waste products. It looks like loads of little roads connecting up and the cells are like little houses. Yeah, good, well done. It's like a little village with like little roads in between little blocks, of, estates of houses. Yeah, good. That's a good one. We Over the last few weeks, we've really covered lots to do with the circulatory system. So you've got the artery coming from the heart. It splits off. They become arteries arterioles so that they can then feed into the tissues they could become capillaries the capillaries become venules and then they come the veins and then that goes back to the heart again so got to make sure we know that structure and it's the capillaries where that exchange of materials happens 
And we've always talked about how it's the capillary into the cell and the cell into the capillary, but it really isn't like that. It's very much about the tissue fluid that is surrounding the cells and what bathes the cells, where the exchange of substances happens with the cells. So we'll kind of talk about that now and how that's formed. When the blood arrives at the arteriole, what's the pressure like? High. Yeah, really high pressure. What creates that high pressure? The heart. Yeah, the heart. The contraction of that left ventricle. Really thick muscle wall, strong contraction of those walls, pushing that blood at high pressure through the semilunar valve and into the aorta and then onto other arteries. We call this a high hydrostatic pressure because it's liquid, it's hydrostatic pressure. So there's lots and lots and lots of force pushing this blood into the arteriole. And as you know, the arteriole is slightly narrower than the artery and the capillaries are even more narrower than the arteriole. So you're going to get that pressure created quite a bit. As you know, the structure of the arterioles and the arteries, they don't allow anything to leave them, do they? There's like three or four layers. Nothing can leave them. Yeah. Okay. But once the blood gets to the capillary, it's a completely different matter because it's just that single layer. All that pressure actually forces a lot of the fluid from the blood containing a lot of the glucose, oxygen, nutrients out. And it just bathes the cells. It forces fluid, cord tissue fluid, out of that blood at the arterial end from the blood plasma and it just surrounds and bathes those cells. So you're talking about a watery fluid that contains loads of That's glucose. That's not blood. It's not blood in the sense that it's going to contain like blood cells because they're too big to get out. And a lot of the plasma proteins and platelets and things like that, they're too small so they can't escape. But it's definitely the nutrients and the water from the plasma. So you're going to have a watery substance that contains glucose, amino acids, fatty acids, ions, oxygen... All those sorts of things, not cells, not larger proteins, because they're too big. But they're going to go through the membrane. And this is completely normal for your cells to be bathed in this tissue fluid. In fact, they live in this tissue fluid pretty much all day long. Okay, Mm -hmm. that is where the exchange takes place. So all that tissue fluid is forced out because of the high pressure. It surrounds the cells and then the cells take the oxygen and the glucose and all the things that it needs from the tissue fluid, not necessarily directly from the capillary. So far, I think we've got quite a good Does the oxygen go in the tissue fluid? Yes. Okay. So the oxygen goes in as well, yeah. So all the nutrients, all the oxygen that you want. And then obviously, as you move across the capillary bed towards the venule end, the pressure is going to very, very quickly decrease. You haven't got that force from the artery. You've lost a load of fluid out of the capillary. So there isn't as much substance. So the pressure will be much lower. What sort of cells would these be? Because these aren't like skin cells. No, so there'd be any any cells at all. Because your skin cells are dry. The skin that you can see on the outside of your body is dead. (gasps) And underneath that, you've got your living skin. When the skin cells die on the inside, they're pushed up to be on the outside to form like a waterproof barrier but there's layers of skin underneath that are more living that have got tissue fluid and that have got tissue fluid around them and that have got capillaries running through them and arteries and veins Mm -hmm. to to and away from them okay you're talking about organs here you're talking about like 
What's the lymphatic got to do with it? Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. That involves the return of that tissue fluid back in. Okay. okay. So as I was saying, as you get towards the venule end, so the vein end, the pressure's much lower. But also, the water potential in the blood plasma is also going to be much lower. So you've lost water that's now in the tissue fluid. So there's less water in the capillary. That lowers the water potential. And you've got a lot of cells and plasma protein in there keeping that water potential low so it's going to be higher in the tissue fluid at the venule end water will move by osmosis back into the capillary so you're forcing the water <coughs> and the nutrients out at the arterial end and then it's going back in at the vein end once all the exchange has happened so the water's going to move by osmosis back into the capillary and the substances the waste products they're going to be forced because of the pressure back into the capillary as well. So there's going to be a lower pressure in the capillary at the venule end. It's going to be slightly higher in the tissue fluid. All the nutrients and some of the water can go back in as well. Okay. How does this work? Because say that it's in the artery and then it goes to a group of cells and then it's leaving. Yeah. How does it make sure that it gets to all of the cells in the whole body? How does it get all the way down to your big toe without losing all of the stuff that's in it into other tissue fluids in the body on the way? Because there's such a network. So our circulatory system is made of such a network that the arteries turn into arterioles and feed into capillaries near to every cell. So blood is diverted down arterioles into different tissues it can't leave the artery or the arterioles. The tissue fluid can only leave from a capillary, which are in the tissues. It can't really leave. And when it goes into the vein, is this the vein? Yes. When it comes into the the vein after it's done all this, yeah. it doesn't then go into another load of cells. No. It just that goes has back to, to the heart. It go back to the heart, yeah. Our capillary network and our artery network is so concisely made for our body that feeds to every cell so every cell is as near to a capillary as it can possibly be the capillaries are so many so many of them that mm -hmm. they are throughout the tissue like a network that's feeding in from the arteries which are f going to every single area of your body it's a really good question actually but any tissue fluid that isn't put back into the vein at the venule end of the capillary bed by osmosis or by pressure changes gets drained into the lymphatic system so you've got this lymph that is sort of weeding its way like little roots you know through the capillary bed these lymph vessels that act as like a bit of a drain so if it hasn't made it back into the venule end of the capillary bed then it is going to go into that lymphatic system and what will happen there there's no real pressure there's no real contractions it's just again sort of the surrounding muscles contracting will force the fluid along those lymphatic vessels will feed into the vein closer to the heart and what's the lymphatic made of so they're a lot like capillaries okay because they want things to go in and out and they'll come back into sort of larger vessels but the lymphatic the doesn't capillary. actually have blood in it it's just got tissue fluid in yeah it. you're not going to have any cells in there or anything like that it's just fluid mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the drainage happens when you're asleep so it's one of the reasons why sleep's so important. When you're asleep, your body can do so much to recover. And one of those things is draining back any tissue fluid. 
that goes back into your... Is that why you wake up sometimes and, like, your hands are skinnier? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> I don't know how right. to describe that. When you, when, you wake <laughs> up, when you wake up in the morning, you're at your absolute thinnest of the day. Your waistline will be thinner, you will weigh less than you would at the end of the day, and you'll probably need a big wee, no matter what you've drunk the night before, you'll still need a wee. Because all that tissue fluid has drained back into your blood mm-hmm. and it's been filtered by the kidney and the water's come out and so on. Yeah. I always find that my rings are always looser in the morning. Yeah, because all that tissue fluid that was surrounding and bathing all your cells has been fed back into a lot of it anyway. And then there are issues sometimes when, when you get swollen swollen legs. I get swollen hands and feet. Swollen hands and feet. When I go on walks. It's a lot of like, tissue fluid that isn't draining isn't going back in. Why is that? Because I well, like that to stop. I mean, there's lots of reasons. I mean, it might be that you've got a blockage in your lymph system that needs to clear, and that could actually just cause a huge swelling. It might be that concentrations aren't quite right. So if you if you eat too much salt, if you've got high blood pressure, the drainage doesn't happen as efficiently. Okay. The tissue fluid just will not leave. Every the single time I walk to school, my hands swell up. Blood pressure slightly higher when you're exercising. So it doesn't drain your tissue fluid. Your tissue fluid can't go back into the capillary bed as as easily or as efficiently. It is one of the reasons why sleep is so important. Like um, having all that tissue fluid surrounding your cells with the waste products in it, bad. So if I didn't go to sleep for a whole night, how does that affect the tissue fluid? Well, it won't have a chance to drain back into the vein, so it'll still be in your lymph system or it'll still be in the cells. So if you think like a lot of it's going to be carbon dioxide sort of building up around your cells that's quite toxic you know that sort of thing and that's kind of it for the new knowledge i think we've covered it yeah do you mm-hmm. want to try some questions see if you see how you get on yeah okay okay uh, i've got four questions a couple of one markers a three marker and then a big old six marker so we'll see how they get on okay the blood pressure is high at the start of the capillary explain how the left ventricle causes the blood to be at high pressure one mark so the left ventricle is in the heart and it is beating and the pressure is high. So the pressure is high. What is it that the muscle does that causes the push of the blood up, the pressure? Squeeze. Yeah, because of the C. Contract. Yeah. So we really need to be mentioning like contraction, okay. strong contraction. Okay. Yeah. We've got the right idea. It's just using that right keyword. Yeah. Number two, the blood pressure decreases along the length of the capillary. What causes this decrease in pressure? The tissue fluid leaves the capillary. Yeah, so loss of fluid or loss of volume of fluid. Right, question three. High pressure leads to an accumulation of tissue fluid. So if you've got high blood pressure, you might end up with swollen somewhere in your body, like swollen legs or swollen whatever's like yours that you've talked about, feet or hands, something like mm-hmm. that. So high pressure leads to the accumulation of tissue fluid. So instead of it draining away, it builds up a little bit. Explain how three marks. The tissue fluid doesn't have a chance to drain properly. Okay, so we talk about sort of how. When we talk about a high blood pressure, what are we talking about inside the capillary? A high what? What did I call it? Can't remember. Hydrostatic. Oh, well, I'd never remember that. No. Not in a million years. That's fair. That's fair enough. So a high blood pressure leads to a high hydrostatic pressure in the capillary what happens then as you move across the capillary bed it increases the pressure pushing out into the cells yeah from the arterial end 
and then reduces the pressure at the vein end, there isn't actually then a difference in pressure enough at the venule end to force any fluid back in. Okay. A higher pressure at the arterial end. And is that why it's bad to have high blood pressure? Yeah. High blood pressure can do a lot of things to your body. So not only does it stop you from recovering a lot of your tissue fluid and removing those waste products surrounding your cells, it can, having your blood being pumped at such high pressure through your arteries can sometimes damage the inside of your artery. And then your body tries to fix the damage using platelets which forms a blood clot inside your artery, which can lead to significant problems, depending on where that clot ends up. Uh Yeah, so if you've got an increased outward pressure from the artery, then the pressure then going back into the vein is slightly lower. So less tissue fluid can be reabsorbed. And more tissue fluid has been forced out. I never would have been able to answer that. (laughs) No, okay, that's fine. Maybe we didn't talk about it enough during the actual discussion. Try this one, okay? Six marks. So this would be a way of just pulling together Mm -hmm. what we've talked about. Describe how tissue fluid is formed and how it is returned to the circulatory system. Six marks. Is it formed when it leaves the blood? Yeah. So what causes it to leave the blood? Diffusion. Uh, Osmosis. Not what's the process of it, but... What forces the fluid out? What is it that's happening in the capillary from the artery? Pressure? Yeah. High. High pressure. High pressure. And what was the word? Um, Hydrostatic. That's right. So a high hydrostatic pressure, as you said, forces the fluid out. And then... But what stays in? The cells. Cells and... Platelets and things like that. Yeah, proteins. Yeah, good. So all of the good stuff is in the tissue fluid. Yeah. And that goes into the tissue fluid capillary bed area. Yep. Tries to help all the cells and then all the cells let out some bad stuff that yep. they don't carbon want, dioxide. like carbon dioxide. Waste products. The concentration of the tissue fluid in the capillary bed is higher than in the vein, which forces it into the vein. Yeah. Talk about it more from a water potential. So where's the lowest water potential? Lowest? Yeah. In the vein? In the actual venual end, yeah, in the capillary at the vein end. Good, well done. So that means that water will move into the capillary at the vein end. Mm-hmm. Because it can. By osmosis, because it has to. It follows that, doesn't it? By osmosis. The mark scheme says award mark for correct reference to lymph. lymph. Oh, anything that's left behind that needs to be drained goes into the lymphatic system, which then goes into a vein closer to the heart. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. You definitely would have got six marks because there's a lot of marks. There's a lot of marks being given out here. So formation, three marks. High blood or hydrostatic pressure. Forces water or fluid out. The larger proteins remain in the capillaries. That's three different points, three different marks. And then the return. Lower water potential in the capillary due to the proteins. Another mark. Another mark for the water enters the capillary or the blood. Another mark for osmosis, your last mark for your lymph. I definitely say you would have got six marks overall. Good. Just got to make sure that you always refer to the reason why the tissue fluid forms in the first place is because of the pressure at the arterial end into the capillary from the contraction of that left ventricle into the artery, into the arteriole. As soon as it reaches the capillary, it can suddenly leave 
can't leave the arterial because the layers are too thick and strong. Whereas as soon as it enters the capillary, suddenly it's like out yeah, because of that pressure. It's a bit like it's suddenly arriving at a big sieve. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And you get that filtration. So all the water and the small things can suddenly go out Mm -hmm. and the big things have to stay in. Because that's something that you've forgotten every time. You didn't start with the high pressure every time you Mm -hmm. you answered a question. And I think that's important to keep in mind. Right, shall I do the roundup? When blood arrives at the arteriole, there is a high hydrostatic pressure caused by the contraction of the left ventricle. This causes fluid to leave the capillaries and bathe the surrounding cells at the arterial end. This is called tissue fluid and it's made up of water, nutrients and oxygen. The plasma proteins and the blood cells remain in the capillary as they are too big to pass out the endothelium lining. The cells take the oxygen and the nutrients from the tissue fluid and put carbon dioxide and waste products into the tissue fluid. At the venule end, the blood plasma has a lower water potential than the tissue fluid due to the loss of fluid and the pressure of the plasma and the presence of the plasma proteins. This means water in the tissue fluid moves by osmosis into the blood plasma in the capillary down a water potential gradient at the venule end. Tissue fluid can also be forced into the capillary due to the lower hydrostatic pressure at the venule end, making it lower than the fluid outside the capillary. There will be some remaining tissue fluid and that will pass into the lymph vessels. These vessels act as a drainage and are connected to larger lymph vessels which are connected to the veins closer to the heart. This puts the remaining tissue fluid back into the blood plasma. Okay, right. Got any takeaways? Uh, Yes. I had no idea that tissue fluid was a thing. Mm. I thought that Things just went into the cells from the blood and that was it. I didn't realise they had to like get bathed in tissue fluid. The sort of idea that all the capillaries all are connected in a network like lots of roads and that they all connect up from one side of the capillary yeah. end and then the other side is the vein end. Yeah, and it's called a capillary bed. Capillary which is bed, nice. yeah. And what else am I going to say? Lymph. High pressure. need to talk about high pressure. <laughs> yeah, good. Make sure yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, high good. pressure. High pressure from the arterial and artery end. Well done. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Excellent. We're still recommending for wider reading in June the podcast Bio Eats World. I've talked about that for a couple of weeks now. It's twice weekly and one is a journal club, so it talks about a particular journal paper and they talk to the writer of it, the people that have contributed to the paper and they talk it through in easy to understand ways. And then the other one is just their weekly, normal weekly episode where they take a particular subject area and they discuss it with lots of professionals. Give that a listen because there's lots and lots of context to A-level biology. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to teachmescience.co.uk. That's also where you can find all our resources on the Google Drive on the resources page. And you can also find all of our wider reading on there, all our past wider reading. You can also listen to the episodes there. You can drop us a tweet at, at Teach Me Biocast. I'm sure Rhea will respond to you very quickly. Mm-hmm. You can also email us, and that is teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, and that is at teachmebiologycast. I think I might post a picture of us in here with uh, my England t shirt on for the England match today. Yeah. Do you want me to take a picture of you now? Yes. So you're going to take a picture of me now, and then she's going to immediately post it. Follow us on Instagram. And watch the England game at 2 o'clock. So, we had a message from a lady called Anita. 
she said, I'm a senior citizen and I've gone back to college to earn a degree in environmental science. I discovered a podcast today. Thank you. I cannot believe how much I've forgotten over the years. Your podcasts are fantastic. So very clear and precise. Thank you from Queens, New York, USA. Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Anita, for your lovely message. And well done. You know, why shouldn't you go back to uni and get your get go back to college and get your degree? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And the fact that you're looking for different things to support you and help you out there in the world, like podcasts and things like that, is, is fantastic. That's great. So I'm so glad that we can help you and wish you so much luck at college. We had... Um, we had another message quite a from, few messages all at once, we like had, a little chunk of them. Yeah, we had another message from a lady called Emma. And she said, you help me make sense of my professor. He often does not relate things to one another. And it can be hard to see the emergent properties. You're awesome. Keep up the good work. And then when I sort of messaged back, she said, um, the way Sarah thinks things through and asks questions helps me understand things better too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Emma. Yeah. Thank you for the support. <laughs> She's... We really appreciate any messages of support and things like that. And I think that maybe that inspired Sarah to be more questioning today. And it was really good. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, did. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. She, but like maybe you asked, subconsciously. You did. asked so many questions <laughs> and you were really involved in the discussion today. And I think that was like a little push from, from Emma. Thank Thanks, you, Emma. Emma. <laughs> we did have a... We did have a message from, I'm not sure what their name is, but from Instagram, when I posted Anita's message, we also had a message from a lady called B, who said, so true, thanks so much for all you do. And I just want to say thank you to B as well. I'm not sure what your name thank is. Thank you, Sorry. B. We may have missed out messages in between, I'm not sure, but I'm trying to keep on top of it to make sure we give people shout outs. Yes. We, we get a lot yeah, of lovely messages. We appreciate I think it's it. great. We really appreciate it. Is that the bell? Yeah, that's the bell. Yeah. I'm so excited for this game. <laughs> we're going to be listening to football music uh, until two o'clock, and then. Um, well, we've got to record another episode, by the what? way. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. you can just hold your horses there. Surely not. <laughs> One more episode to get through. England, na na na. You know the thing on the internet you sometimes see of Phoebe and Joey and it's like this the French thing and she's like... I saw that! Yeah. yeah. It's like, what is it? Um, England have disappointed me many times. Getting him to say it slowly. Yeah, just, coming out! Coming out! <laughs> <laughs> Every single time there's any sort of World Cup Euros... I always get so invested yeah. and I think they're going to win. <laughs> yeah, but that's good. That's good. Like, you're supposed to. You're yeah. supposed to think that. And then, you know, if they don't win, they don't win. Only one team gets to win. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Every um, single time someone, like, gets a penalty in the penalty box or something, oh, I like, God. the pressure is so high in the arterials, yeah. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people who listen to this aren't English. <laughs> absolutely no, but not bothered at all. should be supporting England. <laughs> For us. <laughs> okay, my name's Sarah Matthews. And I'm Ria Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology. And I'm really full of pancakes now. I know, so am I. It's been so good. Today. Yeah, we had lots of pancakes for breakfast today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll bye. see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.